Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I watched the WBC yesterday. Obviously disappointing. U.S. loses 3-2. to two. Um, But really interesting. In some of the things that I picked up and noticed, at least from highlights and watching the game last night, of how much different it is. And you ask anybody on that U.S. team, I think they all give you the same response. Mike Trout said, it's the most fun he's ever had playing baseball. Mookie Betts said the same thing. We're talking superstar-level players. Mookie Betts, a World Series champion. Most fun he's ever had. Now, could he be exaggerating a little bit? Was winning a World Series probably better than that? I would assume so. I'm sure Trout's telling the truth. This is the probably the most meaningful game he's played since high school. That is true. But I think a lot of it has to do with just... When you're able to show emotion that way and you have a crowd that's really into it. Let me give an example to a much smaller scale from my pathetic baseball career, if you want to call it that. Marty, the most fun I ever had in my career was playing, uh, you know, every year when you're in uh, college, you have to play summer baseball somewhere. The elites play in Cape Cod and then there's a whole bunch of different leagues. So I played in one called the Mink League, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas. That's where he traveled to play. I'm sorry, Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas. There we go. And one of them was in St. Joe, Missouri. It was my favorite place I've ever played. You want to know why? Because for whatever reason, people in that town, you get 1,000 people that show up at the game, sometimes 3,000 people. And the reason why is because they sell dollar beers in the outfield. And all these college kids come home for the summer, they get drunk, and they start yelling at you. And I'm telling you, playing right field in front of their party deck was the most fun I've ever had. Having my name drug through the mud for nine innings every time I went there was a blast. And I have to think that part of what the appeal is, the crowd's into it the entire game. The players get to show as who let off the top of the ninth, by the way, for the U.S. Who was their nine-hole hitter? Um, can't uh, remember who it was. Was it JT? Real, Mute? Real no. Muto? No, no, not Real Muto. It was uh, McNeil, Jeff McNeil. He draws he walked, a walk. And he was super pumped about that a, walk. F- a full count draws a walk, and he 
chucks his bat and looks at the dugout and rah! You don't see them allowed to show that kind of emotion very often in that sport. And here's the best thing about it. It's easily policed. Because there's no rule. It's the what? Unwritten rules. Guess who those are enforced by? Players. You don't get penalized in any way for breaking an unwritten rule. What do you get? You get a fastball in the ribs. If they knocked that off and just said, what if we had some fun like we did in the WBC? I'm sure this would make for a little bit more of an entertaining product. But baseball has been, you know what blew me away? Um, Baseball is called America's pastime. Like you associate our country with that sport. And you know what's funny? Go back to the Super Bowl for a minute, Marty. Everything that led up to the Super Bowl. Was the NFL doing everything possible to shove America down your throat? I mean, how many different shots did we see of military bases across the country? Every commercial was like an ad for the military. It was, and then the national anthem comes out and Chris Stapleton crushes it and you get the flyovers and you get all this stuff. And I thought, man, they came for that crown in a hurry, huh? Like now it's football. Football is America's sport now. But I think a part of this is you have to be able to embrace some emotion in your sport. When you watch a European soccer game, it's a frenzy. It's insanity. Having the stuffiness, like baseball is way more golf than it is football, yes? Mostly quiet. You have to be respectful of everybody. I just think if they're able to show emotion in that way without the fear of some sort of 99-mile-an-hour pitch hitting them in the back, it can change some things. I mean, why do people love the WBC? Is it because, yes, there's countries and you have a real rooting interest for your country to win? Sure. Much in the same way the World Cup does. But I also think it's a giant appeal that it doesn't feel like the exact same sport. It feels like a a sort of off-ramp to it. Now, for the actual game, the game was all right. Not a whole bunch of offense. It was your classic game of 2023. Five runs scored, four of them off solo homers. Yep, solo shots, two of them from the U.S. Trey Turner, he had five home runs in the WBC, by the way, five. How is he so good? He looks like me. I don't know. It's a good question. It's what I love about baseball is how you look has no bearing on whether you're good or not. You can look like Prince Fielder or Jose Altuve or Bartolo Colon or Randy Johnson, and you all have kind of the same shot at whether you're going to be good at that sport or not. It's a little bit of meritocracy where genetics, do they matter? Yeah, but not as much as if you're a genetic freak in basketball, if you're Giannis, you're going to win. You're going to be really good. You're seven foot. You can move that way. Why do you think people are drooling over Victor Wembanyama 
or as Vic would call him, Wama Mama Mama. It's because genetically you have a giant advantage. Baseball Altuve's five foot five. Aaron Judge is six foot eight in three hundred and fifty pounds and built like the Hulk. By the way, where was he for the WBC? That's huh? a great. Qu- I thought the same thing. I'm like, why is what you could consider a home run king? If you're into the I hate the steroids guys eras, where was he at? What's that about? Or how about any pitchers? The pitching staff was very weak. Well, interestingly enough, in a championship game, guess who got the most run on the bump for the U.S.? Everyone pitched an inning, except for Kyle Freeland, who pitched three. And you know what? Good three innings. He gave up one hit in the three, and it happened to be a bomb that made it three to one. Why'd you give a face like that? He pitched all right. What do you? Well, he gave up the home run that made it three. You know. I mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's. I got it. It's kind of a big deal, yeah. But what's funny is his very first batter. Okay, coming out of the bullpen, go face the go face Shohei. Yeah, Let's see what you got here. How cool was it, by the way? As much as I hated to lose. Because I'm an American. I don't even know where my my great-great-grandfather, grandmother are from. It's Germany and Ireland and places like that. But I have no, if the World Cup is on and Germany's playing, I got no, I'm not like Vic talking about Italy. I'm none of that. I don't care. I want the U.S. to win and that's it. But, man, was it cool to watch Shohei and Mike Trout with the game on the line, bottom of the ninth, two outs, three to two, and them going head-to-head. And Trout misses, and I get it, 100-mile-an-hour fastball, tough to touch. But Shohei put one right down the pipe. Both those fastballs were right there, center cut. And I felt like Trout was going for the moon on both of those swings, right? I'm surprised his shoes stayed on. But they've already renewed this. This is coming back, I think they said, in 2026, right? So is it going to be an every three-year thing? Is that the plan for this? Yeah, it's been like that since 06. So every three years years they have this? Except for 2020, they canceled it. So every three years we'll get another WBC, and the next one's in 2026. Like I said, if I was... The problem with this thing, Marty, it's just at a terrible time in the calendar. Because you can't really do anything else about it. You aren't going to have this thing in December, right when the season gets done, or January. You're going to give these guys a little bit of an offseason. So spring training's the right time, but it's the wrong time. And these games are being played, and I'm watching Fairleigh Dickinson upset a one seed, and I'm watching Princeton upset a two seed at the time. It's not top of mind for me. And baseball's kind of been like that for a while. The prime days of baseball where they could really take advantage were July, August. And by that time, you're so far deep into the baseball season, you're like, all right, it's about time for the playoffs now. And if you've lived in these parts, by that time you're saying, okay, their season's over, let's look to training camp. You know what I mean? Like... If your team's not good, then that 
that little hole that they have in the calendar that could be theirs is just, it feels kind of a waste. Texture says the WBC is awesome because it takes us back to the Little League days, takes the players back to the Little League days when they were playing for fun. Sure, fun and pride. I still think that you can have a little bit of this stuff infused into the regular season. Everything that I talk about when it comes to baseball, whether it's the pitch clock stuff or banning the shifts or showing emotion, this isn't necessarily a plea to get people who don't like baseball to like the sport. I just think it's it's too difficult for you to grab somebody who has no interest to get them into it. But you can take a casual viewer and bump up their viewership a little bit more. And that could be all you need. Everybody talks about baseball dying. Marty, baseball's not going anywhere. They make billions of dollars. It's, it's going to be okay. But I think this stuff could help for I just people who are existing a, viewers. I just hope they're not going to have a pitch clock in the playoffs. Like, could you imagine that Trout and Otani at bat with 15 seconds, got to go, got to go. I, have they, to have they announced that they're if they're going to do that or not? I'm not sure. But it better not be in the playoffs. I like it for the regular season. Let's go. Sure. In July, let's go. But October. I'm actually with you on I'll that. I'll take a four-hour game in October. It's fine. Uh, let's get a quick phone call here from Flax to start things off this morning. Hi, Flax. Great morning. Um, yeah, I just wanted to give a, a tip of the cap to Shohei. Uh, just an amazing display. And some of the stats and numbers, uh, just because like that, he's able to do everything. It was just amazing last night. Uh, some of these, he was able, he started in the batting lineup. Then he drew a walk. Then he got a hit. Then he comes on to pitch in relief. He struck out a batter and was the finishing pitcher in a win. Yeah. The last player to do that for Major League Baseball or World Baseball Classic, for that matter, October 1, 21, Babe Ruth. Tip of the cap. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Uh, Shohei's a freak. He's a unicorn. You shouldn't be allowed to hit 500-foot bombs and throw 101 miles an hour. You just shouldn't be able to do that. Shohei, That's illegal. Shohei hit 435 for the WBC. 435. I mean, I know I've said it a million times, but it's worth repeating. I don't know if we'll ever see this again. We're talking about somebody who is this elite of a hitter combined with he can chuck 100 miles an hour, and the team is willing to let to allow him to do this, which is another key component to it. How many times do you hear, Marty, there's some guy that was a first-round draft pick who, well, he both he hit and pitched in college, and uh, we gave him the option. You're going to do one or the other. And Shohei is so good at both, so elite at both, they're like, I don't think we we need to allow him to do both of these. So I'm a little disappointed in myself. I didn't watch more of this. But like I said, I was preoccupied with some other stuff that was really fun, which was the NCAA tournament. So I got lucky that this championship game was just on a regular whatever Tuesday. Yeah. No tournament games. I'm shocked it didn't have that on a national TV platform. I know. They stuck it on FS1. Yeah. Really odd decision because I feel like that would get some viewership. But 303-504-0925. Uh, hey, this was obvious. But the story makes this great. Some news came down yesterday 
that should put a smile on everybody's face. We'll get to it next. EO 92.5, Brett Kane. Presented by Barstool Sportsbook at Ameristar Casino Blackhawk. yesterday as Jared Bednar shortly after he talked to us signed a three-year extension with the Avs so he will be the head coach for this contract through 2027 he's already is it the third longest tenured head coach in the NHL um but you win a Stanley Cup you probably earned the right to say I deserve to stay a few more years and that's exactly what the Avs did uh, yesterday by signing him to this extension. Think about the story arc here of Jared Bednar. Don't think I don't remember you guys all saying that he should have been fired. Don't think I don't remember. That I had to see that almost every day on the text line from a few different people. And sometimes having the patient route is what pays off. You could tell the Avs were close. But how many people shut the door on the idea that maybe they just hit their ceiling and they need somebody else to take them over the top? The Avs did not do that. Stuck by him. And you went on one of the all-time runs through the postseason last year. And now, think about this. A few numbers here from Brennan McNichols, by the way. Winning his coach in franchise history, 281 wins. His 178, 74, and 25 record, good for a 69% win percentage since the 2019 season, is second in the NHL for that run. Five straight playoff appearances, two division titles, 2021 President's Trophy, Stanley Cup winner. Also this one, Marty, a 40-22-1 playoff record, which is third all-time for coaches who have coached at least 50 games in the postseason. behind Glenn Sather and Toe Blake. So think about that for a moment. Bednar gets the extension, a well-deserved extension. And here's what I thought about. Let's say the Avs go on another run here. If the Avs can be repeat back-to-back champion. I want to keep something in perspective when it comes to Bednar. This team has faced such a litany of injuries. Landis Gog hasn't played the entire year. Darren Helm has virtually not played the entire year. You've had your backup goalie that you were going to rely upon miss a whole bunch of time again. EJ has missed over a month. Josh Manson has missed over a month of this year. McKinnon missed a month from the season. The list goes on and on of guys that have been out of the lineup. And is it feasible that you could still win the Western Conference by the end of the regular season? Yeah. That's a hell of a coaching job. How many teams that they missed the amount of guys that you did would have this season fall apart? You'd be in shambles. You'd look like the Rams from last year. Remember the Rams Super Bowl champs? Stafford hurt. Beckham hurt. uh, Cooper Cup hurt. Aaron Donald hurt. 
Bobby Wagner, not quite the same as he was in Seattle. And that team fell apart to the tune of the sixth overall pick in the following season. He's been able to keep this thing not only on the rails, but on the rails to the tune of competing for number one in your conference in the middle of all this stuff. That's an impressive job. And my hope here is, in the same way that we've heard over the past couple of years, all of the Bednar criticisms and he's got to go, we can't get this team over the top. I'm hoping that for the other team that is a championship contender in town, you get the same sort of story arc. That Micah Malone gets a fate much in the same of Jared Bednar. Uh, for years, it felt like you were just pressing your head against a glass ceiling and you couldn't push through. Hopefully, this is the year that does it for him. Because it would be pretty damn cool if you had two coaches in town that faced similar types of criticism for teams that were good and they were largely responsible for getting them there. For being there since the beginning of this culture change of getting a core, a, a very core piece of a team in place and then seeing how far you can take it. I'm hoping the same happens for Micah Malone. Because, Marty, whenever the Nuggets go on a losing streak, the Malone text starts streaming back in, don't they? For a team that is three and a half games up still in the Western Conference, it happened. So very good to see Bednar get this well-deserved extension. And the Avs back on the ice tonight. As they take on Pittsburgh, which this will be a very interesting game, by the way. Pittsburgh currently out of the playoff spot. I think by a point, they're out of the wild card in the Eastern Conference. You're going to face a team that is desperate for a win tonight. You just won six in a row. You're riding high. Can you match the intensity of a team that's desperate? And for the Avs, the motivating factors here shouldn't be like, shouldn't be the, all that difficult. You are now, what, two games or two points? A win away back from taking the number one spot in the Central? Actually, I don't know who has the tiebreaker between the Az and the Stars, but you had two games in hand on them, so I think that would push you towards the top, right? You get a win tonight. You're number one again. You're only six points back of the number one seed in the Western Conference, Vegas at 94 points now, but they have, again, you got two games in hand on them. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a very, very interesting and big game because you know what? For the rest of the year, it's not like the Avs have a whole bunch of games against quality teams left. 13 left. I consider Pittsburgh won. This game will be on TNT tonight. You have a game against Minnesota coming up on the 29th. You follow that up with a game against Dallas. 
Then you have the Kings, you have Edmonton, and that's kind of it for, like, better teams, playoff-caliber teams that you face down the stretch here in the last 13. So the opposite of what the Nuggets face. The Nuggets have a very difficult schedule here to close out the year. The Avs have one of the easiest in the NHL. So in games like this, I'm almost more concerned with tonight than I am your next two against Arizona. You find a way to beat Pittsburgh, uh, and you extend this to seven games in a row now. All I've been asking for out of the Avs and the Nuggets, play your best basketball or hockey at the end of the season, heading into the postseason. The Avs are starting to do that right now. The Nuggets, as much as we've been like, yeah, not great. Marty, they've won two of their last three. They get a win, and they should, and we'll get to the Nuggets in a bit, against Washington tonight. That just serves as a precursor into two huge games against Milwaukee and Philly coming up. Don't drop a game like this because you're looking ahead at uh, some tougher opponents. For right now, everybody's a tough opponent for you. So getting the news yesterday, Bednar gets a contract extension. That's great. Again, that runs through 2027. And let's be honest, Marty, with the way this team is built, I don't see him going anywhere after that either. You would think that they're going to be in contention here for the next few years, wouldn't you? You would think so, but I don't want to jinx anything. I don't even know you can jinx it. Like McKinnon, Landeskog, Miko, McCarr, Val, Taves, Georgiev is now under contract for three years. If if Georgiev can be a Stanley Cup caliber goaltender, which I feel like he is right now, for what was his contract? A shade over $3 million a year? Over three years? You're going to be in some pretty damn good shape here in the next few seasons. So his first year was 2016. Having a a decade as a, as a coach for a hockey team is pretty rare. So that, that'd, Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome for him. Coming as a relative nobody. Well, and he's... He was a grinder. Like, you want to talk about working your way up through each and every level that you could to get an opportunity like this and then capitalizing on it. It's what makes the story so great. And the struggles that they went through in the past. Same thing. The amount of times that we had the second round exits and you just never knew if the ultimate end result was going to come those past sort of pains that we felt I think contributed as I go back and, and I know we've talked about this before, but how crazy is it? The Avs went on one of the best postseason runs in NHL history a 16 and four overall record in the postseason last year. And each loss felt like it was the one that was going to doom you. There were four losses out of 20 games, but whenever they did lose, you said, Oh boy, here it comes. Here's the disappointment that's going to smack us in the face. And each time the Avs bounce back and won the next game. So one more time, a well-earned and well-deserved contract extension from Jared Bednar. Um, Basketball-wise, I don't know if you saw this last night, Sacramento lost again. So Sacramento has dropped all the way back to five games back now of the, the Nuggets. It almost feels like this is now a two-horse race for first place between you and Memphis. And Memphis, 
I don't know when Jaw's going to play. I mean, he's back with the team. Hasn't played yet. I would assume that would come up soon. So the Evs three and a half up on Memphis, five games up on Sacramento. The Sacramento lost to Boston last night, 132 to 109. They got crushed. You got to win this game against Washington. Keep at least three and a half. On uh, Memphis is, does Memphis play tonight? I think they do. They didn't play yesterday, so I'd assume that Memphis is on the docket tonight. Yeah, they take, oh, they got Houston. Okay. So they're probably going to get a dub tonight. Yeah, so Tim McMahon on Twitter said that Taylor Jenkins said about John Morant, we anticipate him him playing tomorrow, which would be today. Houston. So he's probably back. So he's going to make his comeback. Um, I saw this news from Chris Haynes regarding the Lakers as we had this whole discussion yesterday. And I can't believe some of you cowards out there. The Lakers are not good. And you know what they've announced, Marty? They got their final back-to-back coming up on the season. They've already said Anthony Davis will play in both games. Wow. He's going to play a game on one night, and then the next night he's going to play again? Imagine having to announce that your superstar player will be playing in both games. But you want to know why they did that? Do you want to know why the Lakers on the outside looking in at the playoff standings right now? They sat AD on the second leg of a back-to-back against the Houston Rockets and the Lakers lost. That's why they're out of a playoff spot at the moment. Imagine not being able to count on your superstar player playing in back-to-back games. Like, we just went under the assumption that Jokic would never play in a back-to-back. And when he does, the team puts out a statement days in advance saying he will be playing in that second game. You're like, wow, that's unbelievable. Wait, so this game's not even till April 4th and 5th? Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> They've announced it that far in advance. Think about that. That was headline news for that team. I thought the game would be like today and tomorrow. That's why they would announce it. No, we're talking days, weeks in advance. Every time we talk about Anthony Davis, just think about him being a top 75 player of all time, and it makes you want to throw something. Here's the thing, though. He's really good, incredibly talented. But he can't stay on the floor. See, the Lakers, when they won the title back in the bubble, LeBron and AD played in every game. Now, the difference now is, for whatever reason, that team just doesn't gel. When we were going through this yesterday and Vic was yelling at me for not being scared of the Lakers, I'm like, I'm not going to be scared of a team that's on the outside of the play-in spots, okay? And he goes, what's their record with LeBron and AD in the lineup? The answer was either 12 and 14 or 14 and 14. I don't remember which one. They were either 500 or sub 500. Just, I don't fear them. In the same way, I don't fear the 10 seed or the nine or the eight. But, um, everybody's saying, you know, Davis is going to be hurt by April 4th. Yeah, that's really risky to announce it this early. 
maybe are they going to force him to play regardless? Even if he's on crutches, he has to go out there for a couple of minutes and just make an appearance. The Nuggets need to get a win tonight, and I want to win in a dominant fashion. Moser said it yesterday, and I'm with him. Marty, are the Nuggets championship contenders or not? Yes. Then pace this team. You are far superior to them. This game should not be close tonight. If you're a championship team, we gave you the lull. You had a bad stretch of games. You beat Memphis, and then it didn't seem like you cared for a a long time period after that. Well, now you have to start caring again. So it starts tonight against an opponent that you should dominate in Washington. Do that. Give yourself some confidence heading into a Milwaukee and Philly uh, Saturday-Monday matchup right between those two. So you have a few days off afterwards. Get yourself prepared for Milwaukee. And then try and beat some of the elite teams in this league. But it starts tonight. Who's on what, by the way? Avs and Nuggets at the same time. So who's on what? Avs are on 92.5. Avs are on 92.5, so the Nuggets will be on AM 950. Uh, 303-504-0925 is the Champ Mazda text line if you guys want in. The rumors won't stop. And I almost think something has to happen now regarding this subject. We'll get to it next. You know where to go. If Who sings this song, Marty? D- do your chain hang low? Who is this? It just says Jibs. Jibs? God, I remember this song. Jibs work? I don't remember Jibs at all, but I do remember this song. Um, somebody actually requested the other day on my Twitter, Marty. I got a, I got a tweet. At Brett Kane Radio saying, can you have Marty make a playlist of all the intro music? They've been bangers lately, so good job there. Nice job. Thanks. I didn't do any of it. it I know. I don't know up. how to tell him that you didn't. You weren't responsible for it, but I just wanted to give you credit anyway. Um, these rumors won't stop. I thought they were done. They aren't. I don't quite get it. The Broncos have played this or or toyed with the idea this entire offseason of trading one of their wide receivers. Most notably, it's been Sutton and Jerry Judy mentioned the most. Judy has now been almost exclusively the name that's been tossed out there. And it sounds like people are still making phone calls and trying to get something done. Cleveland is now the team that's been maybe the most rumored for it. Mary Kay Cabot has been covering the Cleveland Browns for a long, long time. Shared a little bit of insight on this. So she is with the uh, Cleveland.com. Said one source told Cleveland.com the chatter surrounding the Browns and Jerry Judy seems to be mostly smoke, but another said that the door remains open for the Browns to try and acquire them. The problem is the price tag. The price tag is what's rumored to be a first-round pick or a second-round pick and a player. I still have this sort of general notion surrounding Jerry Judy, which is, Marty, let's go through this process again. Give me the top five players of the Broncos last season. Who were they? Pat Sertan. One. Uh, Justin Simmons. Two. Um, Alex Singleton. Sure, I'll hear that argument. 
Can I do Javante Williams or no? Nope. Uh, I guess Jerry Judy. Yep. And? I don't know. Draymond Jones, I would Draymond say, Jones. is the other okay. one. I think that's your top five. So you're going to go into an offseason. Big coaching change. You obviously are still trying to win. This isn't a rebuild. They're trying to win. And you're saying, let me just ship off two of our best players. All right. To be good, you need to keep good football players. I don't understand what's happening with Judy here. I don't know what what isn't to necessarily like right now. He's still on his rookie contract. He is he was the most productive offensive player that you had last season for an offense that was terrible. You're hoping to change that a bit by building up an offensive line, by grabbing a backup running back like Samaj P. Ryan. I don't know what it is that people think that Jerry Judy is an incredibly expendable player for the Broncos. I don't understand it. He finally broke through with no offensive line play and bad quarterback play to have a pretty productive season, but especially second half of the season. And now we want to ship that out for what? A second-round pick in... One of the rumored things was a second rounder from the Cleveland Browns and Greg Newsom, their corner, who's okay. So we want Judy for more defense. I thought we were over the defensive part. We want the offense to start clicking. I'll tell you right now, Marty, I do not feel comfortable with Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and KJ Hamler being your starting wide receivers next year. Patrick is just the unknown of I don't know what he looks like post-injury. Sutton hasn't looked the same since his injury. And K.J. Hamler's barely been able to stay on the field. And this isn't me hating on any of those guys for it. Injuries are not your fault. But the reality of the situation is, can I trust any of them? And the answer to me is no right now. I feel like I can trust Judy. Like Texter says, he has a bad attitude. In what context? He was frustrated that he wasn't given the ball last year. He should have been. Like, he was one of your only playmakers. I would have been frustrated. Isn't that funny? Like, Marty, if the Nuggets go a game where Jokic barely touches the basketball and they don't run the offense through him and he takes four shots and it's because he didn't touch it enough, and then Joker says after the game, I need the ball more, would anybody be like, What a bad attitude you have. No, it's probably like this would help us win football games. And don't get me wrong. I'm not confusing Jerry Judy with Randy Moss, but I'm saying for the talent, the dearth of talent that you had offensively, it probably would have been smart to try and find him a little bit more because we saw the results towards the end of the season. And so I look at a guy like that, like, okay, You get rid of Jerry Judy. Here's the problem. You need to find somebody else. And the guys, the replacements you are looking for were Adam Thielen and Alan Lazard. Like the Broncos did talk to those guys. That is a fact. They wanted to sign both of them. Didn't do it. Lazard to the Jets. 
Adam Thielen to the Carolina Panthers. But you trade Judy and then what? But now it's getting to the point where I almost feel like you got to. It'll always be kind of weird. You go through an entire offseason trying to trade somebody, and then you're like, all right, well, we'll see you at training camp. All right, weird. Very odd. Hey, how was your offseason? And so the asking price is high, but, I mean, again, I go through this. What would you do if you got a high draft pick? You got a first rounder, you got a second rounder. What's the move that you would make now? Because my guess is one of those first couple of picks that you have would probably be for a wide receiver, would it not? You'd think you'd have to grab another one with the untrustworthy situation of injuries for Hamler and Patrick coming off of one. Cortland Sutton not quite looking the same. All three of your receivers would have knee injuries. Hamler, Patrick, and Sutton all had ACLs in the last two years, right? I'd feel like you'd have to reinforce and fortify that wide receiver group again, but you just had somebody. So it just doesn't make sense. Texter says this. I have a hard time blaming players for bad attitude after seven years of complete horse bleep offensive football. That's part of it. We know that if there's anybody who is the most in their feelings when it comes to stuff like that, it is wide receivers. If you think about it, wide receiver would kind of suck. You're just out there sprinting all game for like two catches in an offense that scores 10 points. You're just doing cardio. But the idea of getting rid of good football players when you're obviously still trying to be good is an uncomfortable notion to me. By the way, we'll get to this Goodell stuff in a little bit. It looks like he's going to get a contract extension. I know that people... Is it weird when I say this out loud, Marty? I'm doing a little bit of a turn here on Goodell. I hated him for a while. And now I'm kind of thinking, I think he's been pretty pretty damn good for this league. What do you hate about Goodell? You hate the rule changes, right? You hate the bubble wrapping the quarterbacks and, and stuff like that. Plus his discipline has been... I'm with Very you on that, but he's taking a step back from the discipline part. He doesn't do that anymore. He leaves that up to a panel of former players now because I think he realized he was not good at this. The reality of it is it doesn't matter who the commissioner was. These rule changes were going to happen regardless, right? You weren't going to make Bill Romanowski the NFL commissioner and have quarterbacks continue to get their heads knocked off. So that, those kind of changes were happening regardless of who was in charge. And think about what he has done. Goodell Marty's added Thursday night football. He's added late in the year Saturday football games. He's pushed games overseas. He's getting a bigger market. He's added now basically the NFL being a full calendar year sport. Hyping up the combine in the NFL draft and all that different stuff. He's been largely responsible for it. I actually think he's been a lot better than he's been given credit for by the average typical NFL fan. It's just easy to hate commissioners. Like Rob Manfred's been awful for baseball. Gary Bettman. Mostly poor. 
Adam Silver, what really has he done? I mean, Adam Silver's like first day on the job, he kicked out Donald Sterling. And then he's kind of said, okay, now you guys handle it however you want to. I'll just kind of take a step back. Goodell's done a lot of different things that has pushed football to the forefront. Now, this one I agree with. The the penalties for celebrating suck. Yeah, the taunting penalties, those are awful. Get rid of those immediately. And they won't, but they should. Do you know how long he's been in office? It's over like 15 years now, isn't it? 2006. Yeah, long time. Really long time. So get back to this in a little bit. 303-504-0925. You can watch the show live on Twitch. Twitch.tv. Search Altitude SR in the search bar. That is the Safeway Twitch stream. Download the Safeway deals and delivery app and get exclusive grocery offers, Safeway fresh foods, local flavors. WBC was great yesterday. We'll talk about that a little bit, both the Avs and Nuggets in action tonight. Back on the hardwood, on the ice. Get to both of those games. Mosul Lombardi and Kane next. For the Bud Light Studios, Bud Light for the fans on game day. KKSC FM HD1, Brookfield, Denver, Boulder. The Nuggets, the Avalanche, and all Denver sports. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 